Praise the Lord. Now, this is Brother Julius. We are going through the book, the letters of Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians. We have re arrived at chapter 2, and we are actually going through chapter 2 from verse 1 to verse 10. We are at verse 10. Apostle Paul, in the last program, we mentioned that Apostle Paul was addressing the Thessalonians mainly because he has heard that some of them were were claiming to be ministers of the of the gospel yet they were not having any job and they became busy bodies and being burdensome to the body of Christ the church because they expect the church to feed them and that was what he was actually addressing and the way he addressed it in the first Thessalonians he didn't hit the nail in the head he more or less talked around it telling them that they should look at his own example how he was not burdensome to anybody how he worked labor as a as a tent maker day and night just to fund his ministry and he tried not to burden the body of Christ with need for funding. That was what he was addressing each other, or was describing of himself. More like say, you are witnesses how we conduct ourselves among you. That was the tone of his letter in chapter 1 and chapter 2 of the of his letter to the Thessalonians and there was a reason why he was writing it that way which we finally saw it in second Thessalonians because he, when you when you don't talk directly to the point and you just talk around the topic people that you are talking to or you are writing to, sometimes they don't get it because they couldn't read between the line that you are actually rebuking them the way they are behaving or the way they are not uh, conducting themselves right but when he when he when he wrote the second letter, he must have realized that they didn't get it. That's why he now hit the nail in the head, mentioning exactly what he was talking about. That there are some among you, and we we'll get to that when we get to Second Thessalonians. Let's continue this letter of First Thessalonians chapter two, verse eleven. It's what I'm going to continue. Say, and as you know, how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his children that ye should, you will walk worthy of God who has called you unto his kingdom and glory. He said, we, we are to walk worthy of God. See, God has called us that we are to walk worthy of him who has called us into his kingdom. Verse 13. See, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when ye receive the word of God which ye heard of us, ye receive it not as the word of men but as it is in truth the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Verse 14 says, For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea and in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like sins of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. So Apostle Paul is comparing these Thessalonians and the experience he has among them, and now they also suffer from, the, from other Thessalonians that don't believe, that persecuted these believers. He said, that was exactly the same thing that the Jews had the Jews that believe they suffer from the non-believing Jews in Jerusalem, in Judea. So that you are you are you are you are, should be should be happy and grateful that you are counted well to suffer for Christ. The same type of thing that we in 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 Israel suffered for following Christ. That is a reward is waiting for you, just like a reward is waiting for us also when we get to heaven or when Christ will come back. That's really why he was what he was saying here. Verse 50 saying the the Jews who has both who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us and they please not God and are contrary to all men. And he was someone talking about what was happening to the to the to the believers 
when they were start, when they started preaching in Judea. Verse 16 says, Forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath is come upon them. Upon who? Upon the Israelites. He was talking about the Israelites of that generation that persecuted the Lord Jesus Christ, that killed the Lord Jesus Christ, and started persecuting the believers and the apostles. That's, those are the people he was referring to. You have to remember, Apostle Paul, who was writing this, he was formerly like that too. Persecuting the Christians, but not knowing until Christ converted him, and then he and he repented and is now beginning to he was then preaching the gospel and they persecuted, persecuted him also. And that's what he was saying here that the Jews in Jerusalem, in Judea, persecuted the Christians, they are the ones that killed our Lord Jesus Christ, and they forbid us to speak to the Gentiles, which he was also doing before. But say God saved him and opened his eyes to see the truth. And he was saying that the wrath of God is, is mounted upon them, upon the upon the Jews in Israel around that time, unto the other time. Was, and we know that really happened because 70 AD, which was almost 30, 40 years later, the whole Jerusalem was destroyed. And the Jews that were there that were scattered everywhere over the world, and the whole place was almost buried and no, no going back there for thousands of years until 1900 and something before some Jews were allowed to begin to come back one by one and then they became a nation again in 1948 which is the revival but that's another generation you see another generation the generation that persecuted the apostles they are all dead and gone all of them will be in hell right now the generation that killed our Lord Jesus Christ those who believing believing uh, priests they were all dead and gone and their descendants that didn't believe also will be left with them in hell but uh, thousands the thousand years later they were scattered everywhere and now they are coming back. Some of them still don't believe Jesus Christ is the Messiah, but many believers, many of them have believed. Many of them have believed, I call them Jewish Messiah, or Jewish or Messianic Jews now. So just like Jesus Christ had believers in the days when he was preaching that are Jews, compared to the nation, there are few, yeah. But even at this time also, there are believers that are Jews also, just like there are believers everywhere that are, that are Gentiles, that are also believing that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And they are trying to preach to the to the non-believing Jews in Israel right now, in this our generation. So there's always God will always have a, a remnant that we believe. So Apostle Paul more or less continuing to describe the persecution that was going on in their generation. Verse 17 of First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart. Endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we will have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Suppose Paul said that he wanted to come back to visit the Thessalonians because they have to run away from the place when they are persecuted. And but he sent Timothy to go and see, make sure that uh, these people are still standing firm and still believing. And the apostle, and that's what what, we, what was talking about in chapter three. We're going to go to chapter three right now, because he said when he tried to come back to them, he said Satan hindered them; they couldn't go back to Thessalonians to visit them. But he said then you have to send Timothy. Verse chapter three, verse one. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone. That is where they ran to when they were persecuted in. In Thessalonians, he said they ran to Athens. Let's go and read that story in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17, to, to qualify what Apostle Paul was saying here. Because when it was reported to us in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17, it looked like just a three weeks thing. After three weeks, they were driven out of the place. They could have been there for months. 
And this is what Apostle Paul was writing in uh, what, what was reported in Acts of the Apostles chapter 17, like a summary of what happened to them. You can read it from chapter chapter 17 of Acts of the Apostles chapter 17. Let me read verse 1 to verse, uh, to verse 13, really. See, now when Paul and his team had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. That's when they came to Thessalonica. These are the people he was writing to in the book of Thessalonians. Where was his synagogue of the Jews? And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them. And three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. I mean, every Sabbath he was preaching to the Jews that were there. Uh, you have to remember in the, uh, in the synagogue of the Jews, there are also some Gentiles that are converted to Judaism. So Apostle Paul was first going to the Jews because those are his people that could understand what he was talking about most of, most of the time. But they were already knowing about the true God. But they were following the law of Moses. So he was trying to point to them that Jesus Christ, that they was crucified in Jerusalem many years ago, was the Messiah. So he has to struggle getting them to understand, believe it. And that was what he, every place he first went to the synagogue of the Jews. That's why he said to the Jew first, before he go to the Gentiles. But still of that, Acts of the Apostles chapter 17 said, opening and alleging that Christ must need suffer and, and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. Some of them believed and consulted with Paul and Silas and the, of the devout, devout, devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few. So many of them believed and started following what Paul was teaching. See, but the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy. It's always envy. Because they saw that maybe they were like the, the people that everybody was looking up to before Apostle Paul came. Now Apostle Paul came and preached something great and many people now follow Apostle Paul. They got envious, jealous. And they started speaking evil against what the Apostle Paul preached. So they took unto them certain Lewish fellows of the baser sort and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. I mean, that's where the persecution started. And when they found them, no, they didn't see Apostle Paul. They drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are committed also, whom Jason has received. And this all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another there is another king, one Jesus. So they were trying to make the government rise up against Apostle Paul and his team that are preaching in the synagogues and in the city. And they are trying to say they are saying there's another king, and Caesar is the king, they know the Caesar is the king of the of the world then. And by trying to make make what Apostle Paul speaks as if they are saying Jesus is going to come against uh, Caesar. That make the government think, what? What's going on here? So that is really how they frame the gospel that they are hearing because they didn't believe it and they wanted to turn the government against these preachers. And the government said they took security of Jason. The Jason was one of the rulers of the temple, no, rulers of the synagogue that believed. And that's why they grabbed Jason and his friends and said, we're going to drag you before the court. So because it was so serious like that, they have to take Paul and Silas quickly, secretly, and send him out of the city. All the believers that were that believed. Verse 10 says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who come in theater. So when they get to Berea, they went to the synagogue again. Berea is another town. And they went to the synagogue of the Jews and preached there also. And verse 11 says, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. 
in that they receive the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, also of honorable women which were Greeks and of men, not a few. So they ran when they were driven out of Thessalonica, just Paul and Silas came to Thessalonica. Uh, and then they left Thessalonica and, go to, and were driven and they went to Berea and preached again. And many of those believe, believed. That's what they are, we are reading in chapter Acts of Rapture, chapter 17. So it was when they left this place, when they, when they were in the Berea, the Jews, let it, let's read on. Verse 13 of that Acts of Rapture, chapter 17, that when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came either also and stirred up the people. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea. But Paul, Silas and Timothy are both there still. So they say Paul was the main speaker, so they didn't know the other team members. So they quickly took Paul out of Berea and sent him to Athens because these Jews were trying to attack him. Verse 15 says, And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens. And receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timothy for to come to him with all speed, they departed. So that was where, where the where the our apostle Paul fled from Thessalonica and went to Berea with his team. And when they preached in Berea, we don't know how long they were there in Berea, a month, two months, three months, before the Jews, who knows how many months, before the Jews in Thessalonica had that the Bereans are believing this thing, they went there also and took to trouble houses and rouse them up and say this thing is not right, this thing is false. And the believer quickly sent Apostle Paul because they are trying to arrest him. Took Apostle Paul and sent him away to Athens. So all of this time frame could have been a year, one and a half years who knows, of being in Thessalonica and then from there to Athens, to Berea from there to Athens. So that was what Apostle Paul was referring to in his letter to the Thessalonians. Now because now he said that they have been, he has been in Athens and you know how the Thessalonians are fearing, are they still believing? That's what he was writing to them when Timothy came with Silas to join him in Athens and they started worrying about what has happened to the believers in Thessalonica. Are they still believing? So this letter was written around that time frame. So here is what he was saying in chapter 3. Because they were prepared to be left at Athens alone, and verse 2 said, And sent, we sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel to, of, of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. So you see, he was trying to tell you that. Don't be moved by the fact that we were driven out of Thessalonica or the government was trying to raise up arrest for us. Don't be moved by it because that's necessarily how we are appointed. Because we are fighting against Satan who is ruling all these governments of the world. But first, for very late, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass and you know. You see what I was saying? Anyone that is preaching the gospel, you are ready to suffer for Christ. You must be able to suffer for Christ. If you believe this gospel, don't be afraid of their, of their terror. But stand firm for Jesus. Stand firm. Be ready to suffer for Christ. Because and be happy. He said, he said, count it all joy when you run into that type of suffering and tribulation. That's what uh, the book of James told us. So count it all joy, brethren, when you suffer tribulation for the name of Christ. 
You, that means you are now partaker of the, you are like the, you are like the prophets of old. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ said. Let's read what the Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 5. He said, Blessed are you when you are persecuted for, the, for his namesake. Say, Rejoice, be exceeding glad, because your reward is great in everything. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So when you are suffering that persecution because of the gospel of Christ, because you believe, so then you are, a, you are becoming a candidate like the prophets of old. Let me read it to you in the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. Yes, the Lord Jesus Christ is telling us up front what believers in him may face. Say, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. It has to be falsely. So if they say you stole money, make sure it is false. If you stole money, you have to repent. You shouldn't be a thief if you are a believer. Say they will be persecuting you and saying all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. But what Jesus Christ said you should do, he said, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they, the prophets which were before you. So you are now in the category of prophets when you are persecuted for Christ's sake. So remember that. And that's what Apostle Paul, that's why he said, Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Now let's go again, continue verse chapter 3 of First Thessalonians. Um, now in verse 5. Let me read verse 5. It says, For verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass, and you know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. So, but now, when Timothy came from you unto us, and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that ye have good remembrance of us always, Desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. So for now we live if ye stand fast in the Lord. So you see, you are to stand fast in the Lord so that our labor is not in vain. That's what he said. For what thanks can we render to God again for you? For all the joy we are with we joy for your for your sakes before our God. Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. So Apostle Paul is saying, we thank God that you guys are still standing and we also desire to still see your face again so that we can perfect what is lacking. Teach you more things, how to stand firm. Teach you how to exercise your faith. Those are things we still can still teach you more. So that's why he said he want to be to see their face again so that they can perfect. In those days, you have to remember, there was no radio in those days. There was no television in those days. There was no even to send letters to people and it's going to be cumbersome to even write and write and teach them more things. So what he's writing here is, is uh, once in a bloom. Okay. So to be able to teach them, he said, when I could see your face to face again, which will take some months before you could even travel there again, then I'll be able to teach you more things. But right now you are, we have better opportunities that we can teach these things on the internet. We can teach it on radio. Without knowing, without coming to all the way to Africa, without coming all the way to Ibadan or to Lagos or to Benin, you can listen to it on radio. Even right now, you can listen to it on the internet. We send tapes out to build up faith of believers. Only those who want to build their faith. So it is now your responsibility to tune to these radio stations, 
to go on the internet and get these books and samples and read it so that you can be edified and built up. So it is our responsibility right now to build ourselves up because there are so many opportunities for the teaching of the Word of God to come to us. Those who want to learn, it's like there are so many schools. Only those who want to go to school will go to school. Also. So the same way, there are so many teachings that we have put on, the, on our website, on the internet, and we come to you on the radio, and we have books that we can send to you. Some of those books you have to send your money to even mail it to, through the post office. The postmaster is not going to send it to you by free, freely. We may, we may make the books uh, available, we pay for making the books, but to post it to some of you people, you most likely have to, have to send money to post it because the postmaster is going to charge heavily. So that's why you better get interested. If you are interested, you, you, you reach out to get the books, you reach out to listen to the radio, you reach out to get to learn all this teaching on the internet, on the WhatsApp, whatever way you can get it on YouTube. We have all so many sermons on YouTube that you can be edified with. So Apostle Paul is saying the same thing here, that yes, we are, we'll be glad when you stand fast. And we are praying for also, like Apostle Paul said, he was praying day and night that they might be able to come and perfect what is lacking in their faith. And I'm saying, yes, the opportunity is also available for, for we to perfect what is lacking in the faith of believers by putting the books out there, by putting the teachings on, on the YouTube, by putting it on the radio, so that those who really want to learn, who want to grow in faith, because faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. You can grow your faith by just reading the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, reading the teachings that you are putting out, and listening to those sermons. It will build up your faith, and then go exercise the same faith. And you will see that the same God answers prayer, just like we mentioned, because He has said His word is forever settled in heaven. When you believe it the same way, and you walk the same walk, it will be so for you also. Because God is no respecter of persons. Now let's go on and finish this chapter 3 here. Verse 11 says, Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another. In love, loving one another. And toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, as the at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all these things. Praise the Lord. So that is the end of chapter 3. Like I said, these letters of Apostle Paul, they were not written in chapters and verses. The people that compiled them for us put those chapters and verses for reference six so that we can refer to it and say, open to chapter so of our souls and so. They were a continuation of what he was teaching. So when you get to chapter 4, He's going to say some new things, but it's still a continuation of the same letter. And let's continue on chapter 4 now. First Thessalonians chapter 4 is what we are reading. Verse 1. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us, how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye will abound more and more. So that's the summary of what he's saying, that you have received from us our teaching, how you ought to be living your life for Christ, how you ought to live for Christ, to be an example for Christ, example of a believer, and to please God. Well, we have taught you how to please God. Say, do it more and more. That's what he's saying, verse 1. Verse 2 says, for you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. They say, what are the commandments? 
love one another is one of the, is the summary of the commandments of the, of, the, of the Old Testament. Walk in love. That is, love will not steal from the, from the neighbor, if you love them. Love will not commit adultery with your, with your neighbor, neighbor's spouse, if you love them. The Bible said the summary of the laws of Moses is loving one another, walking in love. But love doeth no evil to his neighbor. So that is the commandment. And that every other thing is pleasing God with your walk with him. Verse 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that is separating yourself, set apart, that you should abstain from fornication. You see what, what Apostle Paul is saying? This is the will of God, that you should abstain from fornication, which is sexual diseases, sexual immorality, is fornication, whatever form of it, whether it is not marriage and doing sexual immorality with some people, that is fornication, or even doing it with uh, somebody's, when you are married and doing it with somebody that is not your spouse, that is fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Every believer, every one of you should possess your vessel, keep your body, your body is your vessel. Because we are spirits living in this body, that, that look like a case that we are wearing on us. It's like a space suit that these astronauts wear when they go to the moon. That's it, our body, that's the heartless suit that we are wearing. But the real us is inside us, which is our spirit and soul. So he said that, conduct yourself, know how to possess this, your space suit, or your heartless suit, in sanctification and honor. Holiness is sanctification, that is, keep yourself apart from sin. Verse 5, said, not in the loss of concupiscence, that's greediness, like the Gentiles which know not God, like the unbelievers who know not God. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter. That is, don't defraud any person in any matter, whether in uh, fighting for land or fighting for this or arguing about money. That you know, you, you, you know the truth, you shouldn't be defrauding any person. Because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have warned you and testified. Verse 7. For God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. And God has not called we believers unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. So he's talking to believers right now that we are to conduct ourselves as righteous, holy, not defrauding anybody. He's not just talking about don't defraud the believers. He said don't defraud anybody. Anybody. But it, he therefore that despises, despises not man but God, who also has given us his Holy Spirit. So this is addressed to the believers that when you have the Holy Spirit in you, make sure you conduct yourself as worthy of the Holy Spirit. But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. That's the summary of the law of Moses. We are to love one another. And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. So it's telling the disciples in Thessalonica, I know you are loving one another, you can see that. But make sure you do it more and more. I mean, don't relax on this. Verse 11. And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business. Now, this is where he was indirectly telling them the reason why he was telling them about him, himself being a tent maker and making money and funny the gospel. He's just talking around this, around the subject. He didn't nail, hit the nail in the head about what he has heard. Some people are misbehaving among them. So he simply said, in verse 11, that I am admonished them to study, to be quiet, to do your own business, to work with your own hands as we commanded you. 
that he may walk honestly toward them that are without, that is, those who are not believers, and that he may have lack of nothing. Verse 13. He said, But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Now, this verse 13 has been quoted by believers all over the because this is where he's going to talk about the rapture. Concerning those who are believers that have died. Because you know that some of the believers among the Thessalonians have passed on to glory and many of them are sorrowful. And he was trying to correct them to make sure that know what we believe that Christ is coming back and those who died in Christ will be resurrected. And that is the first time it was mentioned that to them so that they be aware that oh, there is a hope. And this is what he started talking about in verse 13. Say, but I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now, this is where I'm going to stop this one. I will continue in the next broadcast because this is the beginning of the message of the rapture. That there will be a rapture of the saints when Christ shall come, and this needs to be started in another, in another, in another broadcast. So I just pray that the Lord will give you understanding of all we have talked talk about in this uh, teaching. God bless you.